Welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. This is our Monday episode when we are talking through the passage of scripture that was preached on the previous Sunday. My name is Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church in Sioux Falls. And today we've got Mark Christensen here and Matt Groon, and we are talking through the seventh commandment. I feel like we always say things like this when we're making progress, like it's some big surprise that <laughs> time keeps passing and we keep ticking and we say things like, it's so hard to believe, but <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Seven commandments in, three mm-hmm. to go, over two thirds of the way. And uh, Lauren Venhausen uh, served our church so well yesterday when he preached from mm-hmm. Exodus 20, verse 14, the seventh commandment, which says, you shall not commit adultery. And uh, that that's a... A crucial, vital, important issue. It's a, a sensitive mm. topic. It's uh, you know, it touches on human sexuality, which is really at the the core of our humanity. God made us male and female in His own image. Um, because of sexual immorality and sexual sin, people are uh, inevitably have been affected in some way by this issue. Um, or the sins of others in this area. So it's just, you know, it's very personal. It's very emotional. Mm. And uh, I thought Lauren just really blessed our church in the way that he handled this text. I, I, I walked away thinking, wow, he covered a ton of ground. Yeah. Touched on a lot of important things with some helpful categories and nuances and clarifications and definitions and all of that. And still there's, you know, you could probably do a whole another message on it. Um, but here we are, the seventh commandment, and uh, mm-hmm. our goal in these episodes we call "Hear and Obey" is to be hearers of the word, and then to be affected by the word. We want to <clears> respond <throat> to God's word appropriately, which is why we take time to sit down and talk like this. And our hope is that the people in our church are doing this regularly in discipleship mm-hmm. huddles, because you know it's one thing to listen to us, but when you sit down with a couple other people, men with men, women with women, and and talk through God's word with a view to believe it and apply it and live it. Um, you process your own thoughts and your own responses so that you're, you're trusting God's word and um, responding in the obedience of faith has an effect on us. Mm. This, this yeah. practice, this habit, bit by bit, week after week, we're, we're shaped by God's word. That's, that's mm. the goal. So let me pray briefly and love to hear thoughts from you guys on this. Mm. Father, thank you for this time. Grateful to you for your word. And uh, as David celebrates over and over in that longest of all the Psalms, Psalm 119, Lord, we love, we love your law. Mm-hmm. Um, by it, y- you illuminate the path in front of us and you make known to us the path of life. And so we just, we thank you that you've spoken. You have not left us in the dark. As Lauren said yesterday, in the midst of a, a world and a culture where people are confused about sexuality and about marriage, y- you are not. This is what you've made. And so we, we thank you for the authority and clarity of your word and pray that it would shape our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, seventh commandment. Mm. Yeah. I think Lauren's outline was helpful. Talked about um, the the great gift of marriage itself, because really this, this is about protecting marriage. And right. So it was helpful to have just a reminder, kind of a biblical theology of marriage, um, as well as then his second point, the, the great gift of sex itself, um, and then the mystery that that all points to. So yeah. maybe walking through that, just <clears throat> things that landed on you, affected you, yeah, insights, takeaways. It's shocking to me, or it's been revealing to me as we've walked through these Ten Commandments of just how uh, how wide the scope is of yeah. these words. I mean, they this really is nothing has left un 
touched or no corner of our human experience that isn't mm. addressed, even through these 10. Um, I remember when I was in research, I was reading one author who was talking about these, these, you could call them 10 principles, not so much that they're laws and so much as the legality. Laws flow from them, but they are principles that are meant to be broad categories. Mm. And it's just, it's telling, it's, if that's true, then it should be telling to us that one out of the 10 is dedicated towards sexual sin, mm. towards our sexuality, which, which is just speaks to such the, the importance of what we're dealing with here. Mm. And yeah, even as you were describing that, and as Lauren preached, there are those, he made these two category shifts of, of the, the importance and beauty of marriage and then the importance and the, the wonderful gift that is sex. Because this is a sin directly at the act of both the act of a sexual act and the the lustful intent that leads mm. to it. But marriages are bigger than just sex, yeah. right? So it's it's vital that we understand that sex is to be is a is a gift to be performed within a marriage covenant, but there's more to it than that. Mm. Um, and when you but it's a critical piece and when it's thrown away or adultery is committed it has a ruinous effects not just in you know your sex life but mm. in it, the relationship in the very covenant that you've made with your spouse and so i just thought that was helpful how he made those category distinctions mm. um because then it it heightens the it opens our eyes to the value of the valuable thing that we're we're meddling with we're, yeah. we're this isn't just flippant um especially given our day, mm. especially given the, the tendency towards flippancy that because of technology and because of social moray, uh, we've now been able to detach sex from things like marriage or at least the mirage of it, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. The, and I think I appreciate that too about Lauren saying that you, you, can, you can try as hard as you want to separate those two, but mm. you inevitably are bound together in ways that, that you won't even understand. So I just, I was really helped by, yeah. by all that he said. Yeah. yeah. I think when we're looking at the word, it's been helpful to remember every commandment we've gone through. The first four are focusing on our relationship with God primarily, and five through 10, focusing more on um, our relationship with our neighbor. Mm. And as Jesus sums it up, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And so here, just like we heard with, you shall honor your father and mother, you shall not murder, um, and now you shall not commit adultery. These are all dealing with how we live in God's world with those around us mm-hmm. and how important this commandment is to one of the closest, as Lauren said yesterday, the closest human relationships you can have mm-hmm. in marriage. Yeah. I mean, if our parents, you shall honor your mother, your father and your mother, if our parents are our first neighbors, our wives are our maybe most intimate mm-hmm. of neighbors. Like there is, can there be someone as close, some, some other mortal being, some other image bearer mm. that can be as close to you as that? Yeah. I mean, it seems like God here is telling Moses, here are the bases that mm-hmm. are covered. One, your family, where mm-hmm. you come from. Two, <clears throat> just the gift of life itself. Um, those around you don't, we don't go around just, killing others for our own advantage. Yeah. And then in this relationship where you build a household and communities and societies, mm-hmm. um, this is how we should yep. act and um, respect that relationship. Yeah. And as others have said, all good theology begins in 
Genesis one and two. (laughs) So the sixth commandment goes back to that's grounded in Mm. God made man in his own image. And so to take the life of of another human being isn't an attack on God himself and the image of God. Um, Likewise, marriage goes all the way back to the garden for this reason, man will leave his father and mother. So that's where the fifth commandment begins. Mm. You learn to honor your father and mother, but then a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And so the others, a shift there of Mm -hmm. priority and orientation and leaving and, and cleaving. And so the centrality of marriage in particular, and, and then the, the family, and children who come into the world through that marriage, the, the, the centrality, the importance of that in culture. I, I was affected by that quote Lauren used. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, oh, man. I'm going to start with a U, right? The guy's last name, the sociologist who was making that point about mm. no civilization has lasted for very long mm. after the destruction of the family or the, the devaluation right. of um, marital relationship marital relationship and the protection of sex within marriage when that breaks down then a society is on a downward trajectory just historically speaking and it just seems pretty um obvious i think from especially where we're at pretty far down that slippery slope as a society looking back to think yeah it makes sense that that you know the direction the trajectory of a society really is connected to uh how a society views sex and marriage and, and whether or not that's honored and, and respected mm-hmm. because that that's the building block of society, the, the union of a man and woman. That's where every human soul comes from and enters the world yeah. through. So makes sense. Yeah. The, I think Edmund was Edmund Burke calls them the, the little platoons of society. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plato calls the family, the, the cell or the building block of a society. And of course, all those guys are riffing off of Moses right. um, saying, this is the beginning of it all. And of course, from Genesis one and two. So any malformation, any mutation, if Mm. you will, uh, of those very basic realities cannot help, but destroy things around it. I mean, we talk Mm -hmm. about what is cancer other than mutation in the cells that lead to destruction. Well, Mm -hmm. that when you start messing with this, what we has been called the nuclear family, um, it just has, I think that's what Lauren's point was so powerful of like, you, you mess with this um, and it, it has far reaching unavoidable effects. Mm-hmm. I just, as he was speaking, I, I just remember, oh gosh, I, how long it been now? Six, seven years ago when we preached through the book of Proverbs mm-hmm. um, and uh, Greg, I remember when he preached through Proverbs six, uh, where, I mean, five, six and seven. Uh, Solomon is, you know, this, Proverbs is this discourse of the teacher we, we think is King Solomon to his son, giving him these all these life lessons, inspired life lessons. What 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 better dad advice than than mm. that? Um, and he go, I think it's in three separate places in five, six, and seven where he 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 goes away and talks about something, then he comes back and these warnings against adultery. Um, and he is those those are just so telling um mm. he's adamant about them i mean he 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 well, I'm, I'm looking at it right here he says can this is where that quote i think logan or lauren um references can a man carry fire next to his chest yeah. and his clothes not be burned or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched so is he who goes into his neighbor's wife none who touches her will go unpunished uh he who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys 
himself. And then later Solomon talks about how her feet, so this, he using poetic language talks about the, the adulteress, this seductive woman who comes and uh, uh, seduces the son by, she goes out in the, the street where everybody can see her and is she's, her words are sweet and she pulls you, pulls these men in and it says his, they don't know, but their feet are pointed towards death. Mm. They walk to Sheol. So there are mm. serious warnings that this is, you know, Proverbs is, you know, comes well after this, these words given at Mount Sinai, but it's that principle fleshed out in mm. actual real life of, it's not just God saying, don't do this because I said so. And mm-hmm. just trust me, it's, it's bad for you. But Solomon, who've probably experienced quite a bit of this, uh, from experiences telling his son, this is real, beware, it's yeah. ruinous. Yeah, which again, and we've been saying this throughout the series in the Ten Commandments, um, what grace, I think it's important to emphasize, that is gracious and kind of God mm. to speak to us and mm. give us warnings that mark out, hey, this is the way that leads to death, mm. this is the way that leads mm. to life. And God tells us that so that we would live and not die. And I think it's very common for people to have kind of the the wrong contrast in their minds between God's law and and grace as though commandments from God are burdensome, uh, impossible, kill all of our, our joy, but then at least God is gracious and cuts us some slack rather than recognizing no, God, God's law is a reflection of his own yeah. holiness and his yeah. righteousness and his goodness and his wisdom. And he graciously tells it to us so that we're not stumbling around in the dark, but so that we know <laughs> his ways and, and we know what he requires of us mm. and how he wants us to live so that we can live and flourish. And so then to, to contrast what God is marking out, you know, the, the passions of the flesh are contrary to God, contrary to the spirit of God, contrary to the law of God. Um, and so the world is convinced pleasure, satisfaction, joy is found in all of these illicit and immoral sexual expressions. Yeah. And any kind of restriction or law or standard that governs it is just limiting fun and mm-hmm. pleasure mm-hmm. when the exact opposite is true. Right. Those who know the deepest sexual pleasure and fulfillment are those who trust God and walk in his ways. And the world is completely unfamiliar with that because mm. how could they ever experience that if they keep violating God's law? The, yeah. the peak to their pleasure is very simplistic, very immediate, physical in that moment. And they're completely cutting themselves off from any chance of actually experiencing any long-term relational right. intimacy, emotional intimacy, physical intimacy that grows out of that context of relationship that is... Uh, you know, protected by a covenant for years and decades. I mean, the, the world just has no right. taste of that. Yeah. No, no idea. And the world is finding it in the wrong place. Right. Whenever I come to a, a wedding, it's always helpful to remember this isn't just two people who somehow found each other. Mm. Or this dating app helped them find each other. Some weird aunts helped them find each other. <laughs> no, but this is something that God has brought together yeah. um, in his, by his sovereign hand, by his grace. Mm. Um, so that's why uh, Jesus says in Matthew 19, whatever God has joined together, let not man separate. Yeah. It's not for man to find and to um, put this together to tear this apart. God has done something. Yeah. And so that's why we're, we're called to honor and respect marriage. And the gift of sex within marriage is that 
God has done something there mm. and it's pointing to something much greater than what we actually see. Yeah, that that third point is just was just perfect on the the great God or the great mystery revealed of ultimately um, marriage, the covenant relationship between a man and a woman is ultimately depicting a much much greater reality, mm. um, which is hard to process, right? Because marriage itself is a sweet, majestic reality, and then for it to be depicting greater things is even it's just hard to get our head around. Um, but I, I think it was so the way that this is can, can be applied so well is okay. If as, as, as Paul makes clear, if the man is representing Christ and the woman is representing the church, then how they obey the commands to love and respect one another and to care for one another and to, to love one another. It, it really does. As we do that, we are not just saying, Oh, Hey, look, Ryan and Barbara, that's their relationship or Matt and Jamie. That's their relationship. It's the, 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 it images forth Christ in the church. And so adultery, I love what, what Lauren said of men, if you want to love, if you want to display Christ more, if you want to obey, love your wives, Mm -hmm. lay down your life for her. Ladies, if you want to display the church and display the majesty of all that God has called you to respect your husbands, Mm -hmm. submit to them. Oh wow, that just like, oh, it's not just, hey, do that so it goes well for you, mm. but rather do that because it displays to the watching world as these 10 commandments, they operated in one way for the nation of Israel to display to the yeah. entire yeah. world, look at what kind of God we mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have families, we don't sacrifice our children, we, we, we don't have any, there is a flourishing that takes mm. place. And so... That just was so boots on the ground. Hey, if you want to display Christ in your life, you want to obey Christ in your life, do it here and you'll see benefits. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just that marriage relationship that flourishes. I think Lauren had said too, it's, you know, churches flourish Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. extended families flourish and Mm -hmm. cities, countries can flourish through um, obedience to this commandment of respecting marriage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just reminded the summary statement given in the old Testament, then is picked up again in the new Testament repeated, quoted a couple times. Peter quotes it in, in first Peter one, um, be holy as I am holy. And, and the holiness of God is revealed and reflected in his commandments. And so the seventh commandment, like all of them is giving us, um, a very specific practical way. Here's how to be holy as God is holy. God Mm -hmm. is a covenant making covenant, keeping God. And that's why keeping our covenants really, really matters to God because that's who he is. And so like Lauren was saying, um, every marriage is a reflection of Christ in the church, but it's either a good or a bad reflection. Mm. You know, you, you can be a bad uh, reflection or, or imitation of Christ where you're, you're lying about Christ saying this is how he treats his bride by, you know, with, with harshness or neglect or heavy handedness or whatever. Um, so be holy as I am holy specifically is lived out in our lives in this area of, um, covenant keeping. And then more broadly, I think just the, um, the reminder, uh, as human beings made in the image of God, he made us male and female. And so this does not only apply to those who are married because every person, uh, is a sexual being by God's design. Hmm. And so 
everybody has a role to play then in one respecting the covenants of others. I mean, that, that has always stuck with me. Somebody I heard once or read an author who, uh, compared the, the marriage covenant to like private property where you can say on the one hand, well, this is, this is my own private property. This is, this is our exclusive relationship. And yet that's supposed to be recognized and respected by others. And so, you know, there's a Mm. register of deeds where it's, it's public information where the boundary markers are of your property so that others respect that somebody else can't just come in and and build on that. Mm. And so even though it's a, a, an exclusive relationship between two people, it's to be recognized and respected by everybody else. And that's what, you know, adultery is, is a violation of that. It's like intruding into private property saying, I don't respect those boundary markers and I'll insert myself here into this relationship. And so it's, it's not just the people in the marriage who have to uphold those covenant vows. It's also to be respected by everybody else around them, whether married right. or single. So when, when you break it down like that, you realize th- this is, we are always relating to other beings, yeah. you know, as, as men and women. And, and we are to be aware of that. And, mm conducting ourselves in a way that honors God and upholds the, the, uh, God given significance and importance of marriage and, and sexuality. Yeah. That, that private property. I mean, it's interesting that the next commandment is you shall not steal, yeah. <laughs> which implies that there is property. Such that you a can thing. Own. Yep. <laughs> and it is really interesting too, of like, it's the, the category of everybody respecting those lines that once they're, they're drawn. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that, um, that Proverbs seven story that, that Solomon portrays to his son, the adulterous woman who's dressed like a prostitute goes out into the, into the street here in the market with her, with her seductive words. Part of the words she says to the son is come to my house. My husband is not at home. So this is not just another woman who's not the son's wife. It's another married woman. Yeah. So the lines are just getting blurred. And, mm-hmm. and he says mm-hmm. in Proverbs says, it says, which, much, which with much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her. As an ox goes, I mean, listen to this language. As an ox goes to the slaughter, or a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, or a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his mm. life. Mm-hmm. That is telling in the sense of, this is not just, hey, you, you're on my land, get off my land. It's it has just destructive. So it speaks to, again, I think that the nature of the warning that goes on throughout all of scripture speaks to just the scale of the glory that is being tampered with. Yeah. Um, and the danger involved, it's not just, you know, some, it's not a small consequence. It actually mm-hmm. will cost lives and mm-hmm. costs relationships. And yeah. I think this, if there's any category in our modern world that, Maybe not everybody's had somebody steal from them. Maybe not everybody's committed murder, but certainly we are in a society that is ravaged by sexual sin and it destroys everything. And our society always says things like, well, what do you care what two consenting adults do in the privacy of their own room? Because it's public. Exactly. (laughs) It has public effect. Exactly. That's uh, the seventh commandment is just a reminder. Well, they, they might do what they do in private, but, but it's not a private sin. It right. affects people. It yes. affects other people's marriages and other people's relationships. And it affects children who are in those homes. And I mean, yes. it's just, it's, it's far reaching. And so, so people can't just say, well, this was between two consenting adults. Therefore, it's fine. That, that's, that's the very minimalistic 
ethic of our culture today. Mm. And, and it, that's barely hanging on by a thread. But, <laughs> you know, consent is all that matters so long as adults are consenting. And even there, you know, people are pushing, you know, why does it just have to be adults? Why not kids too? So even that's pushed. And at right. some point, you know, even consent itself falls. Right. Where did that come from arbitrarily? So you have that ethical standard or you have the perfect holiness of God. Yeah. Which way? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. really where we are, where we're left with. The, That's the question. The law is this perfect holy standard of God where he says to you, be holy as I am holy. And not only that, in Christ, through his spirit, he has made it possible now for us to actually be holy, to, mm-hmm. to be sanctified, to be in that process of sanctification, that we are actually able to defeat those sins and we're actually able to have Congress. So we can... We don't, we're not left in the place of, the, of Solomon's son, of, of the son in Proverbs, of just wandering down and going wherever the, wherever the seductive t- seduction takes us. We can have mastery over those mm. sins mm. because of Christ who has accomplished it all. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Author uh, Randy Elkhorn has this great just picture that um, he has in one of his books of, it's like you're a, you're a fish swimming in water and there's a giant fish hook you know, drop down right in front of you with a big juicy worm on it. Mm. That's the, that's the temptation in front of you. Um, and he says in his book, you know, picture, you know, if you reach out and you grab on to that, you know, you sin and that thing tears through your cheek. That, that picture has always been, um, helpful when I'm, mm. you know, talking with others, um, whether it be my huddle or my MC, um, other friends that I have just, yeah, it, lo- it looks good right now, but yep. it is going to, cost you. And so when we think about this Old Testament theme, be holy as I am holy, well, what happens when we actually, we sin mm-hmm. and we fail in this area? Mm-hmm. Is there any hope for us? And I think Paul, um, Lorna brought this up in a sermon yesterday. Paul says, yes, there is hope for you, mm-hmm. those who are um, violent and murderers mm-hmm. and the sexually immoral. He says, remember who you are. Um, you were washed. You were sanctified. Yeah, you were justified. And so I think remembering our status, yeah. um, whether that's after we've sinned or when the temptation's there too, yep. um, is such a help. Absolutely. Yeah, th- this area, because sexual immorality is uh, just so common, the gospel, the good news that, it, because th- there is something about um, sexual sin that people experience and Paul even affirms it, it's different and he says in in first Corinthians every other sin a man commits outside of his body mm-hmm. but with sexual sin y- you are sinning with your body against your mm-hmm. own body and um, which is why I think it often feels so different for people where there is sexual sin it, there can just be lingering doubts and questions like but am I really forgiven and mm-hmm. it feels so shameful and so embarrassing and like if people knew mm-hmm. what I've done or what's been done to me or um, you know I, I just I can't even bear to look up to God. How how could he accept me? And to know like that, that promise in, in first Corinthians, first Corinthians six. Um, yes, the, these sins, people who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And yet such were some of you, but you were mm-hmm. washed and, and justified and, yeah. and sanctified by the blood of Christ. And so even sexual sin cannot disqualify you. It, it is entirely God's grace and grace alone by which our lawless deeds are forgiven and we're right. saved back into right relationship with God and then empowered by his spirit to, to walk in his ways. And God, thankfully, as we've been saying throughout, doesn't just leave us there 
um, at neutral. He, he fills us with his spirit yeah. and teaches us self-control so that Paul can say to the Thessalonians, the will of God is your sanctification, that you know how to uh, control your own body, not mm. in the passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Um, that's significant. He's saying there, people who don't know God don't know how to control their own bodies. But if you do know God, then you have access to his grace to empower you to control your own body in a way yeah. that glorifies God. Um, mm. And so if you, if you know God and you're struggling to control your body in that area, like Lauren said, reach out, talk to yes. another believer, talk to your MC leader, talk to one of the pastors. They're, they're just incredible resources again yeah. um, for dealing with any area of sexual temptation right. from yeah. pornography to fornication to, you know, just lust, what, whatever it is. So mm. um, God's grace abounds. That's good. Yeah. Thank you guys. There's mm. so much more. Um, obviously we, we could say, but good to be reminded of and affected by yeah. God's grace for us and um, his wisdom in, in giving us this commandment. That's good.